0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Mind Body Mastery podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and today is episode number 25 of this show. So, thank you guys for sticking with me for 25 episodes. That's pretty amazing. And um, pretty much every month, um, I've doubled the amount of downloads so i know i have at least like 400 solid fans every week and to you all i am so grateful thank you so much for just yeah and trusting me with your ears and your programming i'm programming you into believing in yourself and trusting in your body <laughs> so thanks for letting me um tap into your your neural network it's been awesome And, uh, so today's episode, um, strays just a little bit from my normal, um, kind of interview, but it is so important nonetheless. TMS, you know, is when it boils down to it, all about relationships and the wounds of our relationships. And, um, Specifically, toxic relationships, whether it was our parents or our lovers or our siblings or whatever, we um, are likely to run into a toxic relationship or two throughout our lives. And a lot of times, it's those relationship wounds that contribute to our TMS suffering. Um, You know, TMS is just all about. Distracting us from those wounds. And the reason we have gotten into a TMS state is generally due to our relationship pain. And um, so, yeah, so in order to overcome that pain, we must either heal the wounds of relationship while we're in the relationship, or if a relationship is toxic enough, loving ourselves enough to get out. And so today's interview is with a woman who helps people who find themselves in those toxic relationships and shows them that A, they're not alone, and B, there is a way out and a light at the end of the tunnel. So her story is really deep and powerful. And uh, she wrote a book called Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. Stephanie McPhail has a lot of experience working as a trainer and educator and a specialist for a crisis intervention and suicide prevention hotline and that led her to um, discover her passion for educating people on how to live their best lives And so she's not only a crisis interventionist, but she's an energetic healer. She's a Reiki level two practitioner and uh, has a few certificates in other healing modalities, including nutrition and working with special needs children. And she's also a transformational coach and certified dream coach. And she works really hard to kind of help her clients discover uh, their true purpose and create a workable action plan to make their dreams come true. She's awesome and her story is so powerful and I can't wait to share that with you. And yeah, so before we get on with the show today, I would love to share with you the review of the week and this review comes from a user named TMS Sufferer. Well, before I even read that, I just would love for you to change that name to something that doesn't hold TMS with you forever. (laughs) So change it to um, TMS Overcomer or TMS Warrior or um, Free, you know, something different, something that doesn't uh, keep it on you. Um, Just a thought, I am big into... uh, The idea that our words are spells, our words are manifestations. And so if we can manifest a different outcome, wouldn't that be lovely? But anyway, TMS suffer. I appreciate your listenership and your reviews. I think this is the second review that you've submitted. And so I see you. I see all you people who are giving me those double reviews and I love you for it. Thank you so much. Um, And they say, Wow. This is so powerful. I have been stuck. There are so many amazing self-care techniques out there, and it is hard for us perfectionists to fit them all in and make a self-care plan. We just want to heal the right way. I think this could be my answer. What a beautiful combination of meditation, visualization, and releasing fear. I feel like I now have the power to face the day and be outcome independent. Much thanks for sharing your knowledge in such a supportive manner. Well, TMS warrior (laughs) i would say you're well on your way because everything you said in this review is just an attitude of getting there you're getting there and yeah releasing fear releasing outcomes releasing need to do it the right way all of that is is the the truth that we come to on this journey right we, we get stuck in the, oh my God, do I need to, I need to TMS the right way. And it's just not conducive to healing that kind of creates its own level of stress. So you're getting there so fast and I can't wait to see your next review because I know you'll write one <laughs> um, where you say, I'm, I'm all done. I'm all done. See you later. I don't need this podcast anymore because I'm better. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for writing in. Um, and just a little reminder to join us on our Facebook community, Mind Body Masters. Mind Body is one word. And, uh, yeah, and find me on social media. I've got all the links to that, um, in the show notes every week. And if you would like to be on the show to be interviewed about your healing story, I would love to talk to you. So come on down and email me at mindbodymasterypodcast at gmail.com or mindbodymasters at gmail.com. And so, yeah, without further ado, we will get into the show today. Here is Stephanie. So I'm here today with Stephanie McPhail. Stephanie is the author of an amazing, amazing number one new release called Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt, which is her heartfelt story of her own experiences living in this cycle of toxic relationships um, and how they ultimately began impacting her health. She shares her story of hitting rock bottom, as well as the inner awakening and transformations that came out of that rock bottom. Her journey ultimately led her to break free from her old relationship patterns and experience deep healing on a mind-body level. Stephanie is now a transformational coach who helps women rediscover their purpose after unhealthy relationships. Stephanie, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Um, And so this is really like the first of its kind, like this interview is the first of its kind on this podcast in that it's not totally focused on mind-body medicine per se. Um, But I think that this is such an important conversation to have and will really help some of our listeners who might find themselves in a relationship that might be hurting them. Um, So first, I would just kind of like to get a little bit of your backstory, like what ultimately led you to become this like source of transformation and inspiration for others. Well, it wasn't an easy,
1: it wasn't an easy road, that's for sure. Um, So, you know, basically, my story is, is that I spent 15 plus years going from one unhealthy relationship to another one. And um, the last relationship that I was in a toxic relationship I was in I was actually married to my abuser Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of red flags that I saw earlier on and I ignored them and part of the reason why I ignored them is because I was 29 years old and I felt that the my biological clock was ticking Mm -hmm. and if I wanted to have a family and settle down and maybe I was being too picky and because I had never had a healthy relationship to begin with I thought you know what there's things that are red flags but I think I can deal with it. Yeah. So, all of that being said, we decided to or he asked me to marry him um and moved rather quickly. So there was a lot of things that I and again, just like all these things coming up thinking, maybe this is a little too fast, I'm not sure, but he really wanted to get this big extravagant wedding. I live in Long Island. It was at a place called Ohika Castle, which is amazingly beautiful, very expensive, not at all what I wanted, but he that was exactly what he wanted. So, you know, we uh We got everything ready and I had family from all over um, the country and Europe and all these different places come for this beautiful wedding. And the day was the most beautiful day of my life. And on our wedding night, um, I went to go in the bathtub. He had drawn the tub for me and we were in this beautiful honeymoon suite with marble from the ceiling all the way to the ground. And I put my foot in the tub and some water fell out onto the side onto the marble floor. And he said, you know, just like Stephanie, she always makes a mess of everything. And I said, honey, it's not a big deal. Look, there is a drain in the floor. This obviously happens all the time. And he was like, you don't ever care about anything, blah, blah, blah. And I said, please don't ruin the night. Let's take a break because I could see him starting to get agitated. Let's take a break and walk away from each other. Well, that was the wrong thing to say. And for the next Three and a half or so hours, he chased me around the honeymoon suite, um, telling me that it was the worst mistake of his life to marry me, Um, threw his wedding band at me, told me he wished he could throw me out the window, um, cursed and and screamed and yelled at me, and then I kept um, trying to hide in different rooms completely naked Mm because I was going to get in the tub when I started running away. And I kept thinking, I need to run into the hallway, I need to get away from this man, he's completely crazy. And if you've ever seen anyone lose their temper, he had that like, where the his eyes got all big, and it's like he wasn't there. Mm. Like this darkness was just in his eyes. And it was really scary. <sighs> and I kept saying, I, I just, I want to get out of here. But I knew that he knew people at the hotel. And I was, I was embarrassed. I'm like, what am I going to do? Get naked? I'll be naked in the hallway? I mean, I, I really... And I, who am I going to call? What do I do? And so finally, I was hiding in one of the rooms. He said, get out of the room. Well, I'm calm now. Let's talk. And I could hear him so agitated. I finally came out. He chased me into the bedroom. And beautiful four-post bed. Big, huge room. And throws me on the bed and starts strangling me. Oh, my God. And I think to myself... I just married this man and he's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And there was those moments of, I I saw, you know, I, all, everything flashed before my eyes of, I, you know, I, I saw some red flags, I ignored them. Now here I am. And all of those feelings were were just coming out. And I started to feel myself get less able to move and my arms and my legs got heavy. And I thought, you know, I, I stopped being able to struggle. And in that moment, luckily he came to got off me, walked away, and I just laid there and curled myself up in a ball in the fetal position, just started crying, and he came back a few minutes later and started apologizing, I'm so sorry, I, I lost my temper, this was a very stressful day, all these excuses, and of course I'm thinking, I can't be married to this man, this is this is not what I signed up for. But do I? what do I do, do I call the minister? We were getting picked up in about three hours or two hours, um to go to our honeymoon we have all that paid for so i'm thinking of all the money we just spent and i'm thinking of all those things and he was a very good manipulator Mm -hmm. and a very good salesman so he must have realized all those things too so he said all of those things think of all the people the family that came think of all the money that we spent this will never happen again i promise if you just go with me on the honeymoon everything will be okay and after about an hour and a half it was literally about 30 minutes before the the limo or the car came to bring us to the airport And I said, fine, I'll go with you. And he said, if it ever happens again, I promise that you can leave and I will not give you a problem at all. So I decided, you know, I went on this honeymoon and it took me about two or three days to finally start to feel a little bit more comfortable. And we ended up having a great time. You know, we were, you know, we were in this beautiful location and and everything was gorgeous. We went to um, the Dominican Republic and we, you know, we had a great time and it took about three months or so for the normal him to come back. And so for the next five years, I was spit on, I was cursed at, I was threatened. Um, I threw him out of the house. Then I would let him back in. The police were called. It was just drama all the time for five years. And I decided I started really trying to make plans to end the relationship. And I had spoken to a domestic violence shelter and, you know, i had gone in to try to get an order of protection at one point. And when I spoke to the domestic violence people, I said, well, he never hit me. Mm. And they were like, well, what what happened? So I told them some of the stories and they said, "Okay, I just want to stop you right there and really make sure that you understand that I almost would have rather him hit you then strangle you right. because he could have killed you much more quickly. And it was, you know, you live in this, you're just trying to deal and survive. And it was that moment of aha, like, wow, uh, he because I didn't have any bruises, mm-hmm. but the spitting and the strangling and the, you know, threatening waking up in the middle of the night, cursing, all of those things, they weren't, uh, it's not what I thought the violence was of an abusive relationship. And I, and I don't know why, right. you know, you don't want to believe it. Right. So, you know, I finally decided to, you know, they gave me all of a list of what I needed to have in my car in case I ever needed to get out in a hurry. And I was ready. I was saving up money, getting ready. And I spoke to a friend of mine who said, You can come and stay with me if you, you know, need a place to stay. He won't think to come here. Um, and, you know, I have cameras all over, so you don't ever have to worry about him coming to bother you. So I said, Okay, I, it's great to have that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. So I was working a second job. He was um, working as a waiter, and he sent me a text message that said, you know, hey, I just want to let you know that I quit my job. And I said, sweetheart, do me a favor and go back there and tell them you made a big mistake and you'd like to get your job back. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I don't know about cursing, so I'll leave this word out. But he said to me, just like typical blank blank Stephanie to not support her husband. Wow. And I looked at this message and I said, what am I doing? I am paying all of the bills. Mm-hmm. I am taking care of all of his. I, I'm basically his punching bag to say and do whatever he wants. And I'm, why am I staying? So I called up my friend and I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm coming to live with you. So I lived with her for about three months and, you know, there was harassing phone calls and there was, I mean, just drive-bys and um, things finally got better and he decided that he was going to quote unquote, let me go. Um, but that was just his way to manipulate me again. Mm-hmm. And I started trying to work on myself and I started dating a little bit and he would call up people that I was dating and tell them that I had an STD or tell them that, uh, yeah, or tell them that we were getting back together and would scare off every guy's aid And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to never be with anyone ever again. This is just going to be my life. And I said, in my head, I said, you know what, I don't even care at this point. I don't care if I'm ever with anyone again. I just I, I don't care what he does. I will never go back to him. And I'd rather be by myself than have to deal with that ever again. So time went on. And then I started to try to figure things out. And then I had some big things come up. And I I had a blood clot. I had my grandmother passed away. I had legal issues. Um, I had started dating a guy I knew from high school that just ghosted me, disappeared, and the the straw, the final straw in the hat was the guy ghosting me, and I fell into a depression. And I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I could barely get to my job, and was just having an awful time. And then I got a I got pink eye actually went to go I went to a concert <laughs> and I was crying throughout the whole concert and two days later I am at work and I fall and I sprain my ankle and I go to the emergency room for them to check it out because my right away my ankle is really swollen and I'm in the emergency room and who did they call because I was at work and I had not changed it yet they called my ex-husband mm. so the, He's in the emergency room, and, I, and it was this weird, really, really clarity moment where I looked around, and I had tears in my eyes, and I said, universe, I get it. I need to fix this. I don't ever want to do this ever again. And it was that moment where I realized that I had been waiting my whole life for someone to come and save me. And I was my own knight in shining armor. I was the one who needed to save myself, and there was that—that that instantaneous. I need to just. I need to fix this myself. This is my responsibility to fix it. Yeah. So after that, I just started doing everything that I enjoyed, and I, I followed what felt good. I followed my passions. I, I went cross country. I, you know, went to every concert that I thought was a, a good concert to go to, and I hung out with friends that were healthy, and I got to really start to feel what healthy love felt like. And, you know, I allowed myself the healing that I needed. I went to therapy and I got a coach and I did all these different things. And life was so good single that I really didn't even want to be with anybody. I was completely fine with where I was at. And, um, a little bit after, I guess about three years after my divorce, I had met this wonderful man and I was, I almost broke up with him several times because I thought, you know what, he's really good. He's a wonderful man, very sweet, but every time I've ever seen anyone that started off one way, they always turned into something else. Mm -hmm. So I was afraid that he would still be what I had experienced before. And he said, listen, I'm not going to push you. I will be here for whatever you want. Know that I would like a relationship with you, but if you need to, you know, if you need your space, if you, in fact, in the beginning, I was still dating other people. And he said, I'm not going to push you to be anything that you're not. Just be who you are and, and do what you need to do. And the amount of friendship and understanding that I was able to create with him finally let my guard down. And we've now been married for three years and we're expecting our second child. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Aww, Thank, it's you. Thank you. Thank you. a beautiful, transformational
0: story. So then oh, yes. you became a coach <laughs> after all of that. Um, yes. Can you tell me about your coaching practice?
1: Yes. So I've been coaching now for a few years. Um, I do everything online. So that way I can you know work with anyone anywhere in the world I found that as scary as it was to start to share my story, the more I shared my story, the more I realized how many people out there needed to know that there was light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. because for myself too when I was when you're in it you're just surviving you're mm-hmm. in survival mode so you don't even think I mean I didn't think that this kind of happiness that I have now, was possible for someone like me. Yeah. I knew that there were people that had that kind of happiness, and I knew that that was real, but I had never experienced it before. So when I'd hear people, like one of my best friends who's been happily married for, for years, she kept telling me how great it could be, and I was like, yeah, 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 sure, for you. But that's mm-hmm. just not possible for me. And now that I'm on the other side and I'm here in that happily married place, the, the, the reality of how many people are stuck in that unhappy place is just frightening, you know, and to think that people are staying trapped, feeling like there's no choice and they're not able to get out because they think this is just the way life is going to be and they're not really living their full lives. So it's been just such an amazing journey to be able to, you know, have been through it myself and now be able to kind of have an arm up and help those people that are down in dumps in the darkness, bring them up to the light and let them see the true power that they were, that they have inside of them that they had forgotten over the years.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. And so when you were going through the worst of your marriage, um, you kind of talked about the blood clot and then the ankle, like what were some of the other like health issues that you were going through and did they kind of just leave after you left that relationship or, or was it did a different path than that?
1: Well, so yeah, so it's interesting. Um, So between the I had two major long term relationships that were both toxic, and I I lived with both of them. And throughout that whole time, I had severe back issues, I'd get back spasms, Mm. where I would have pain down my left leg, and my leg would give out. And when I would go to the doctor, they'd say, Listen, there's really nothing we can do. Um, It's just going to get worse and worse. And you're going to have to get surgery at some point, just put it off as long as you can. Because you know, sometimes it works better than others. So I just got used to it. I was actually hospitalized once for a week because the back spasms were so bad. Um, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. They said, you can never have children. You know, you, you have all these different hormonal issues. Your thyroid is messed up. Um, there was all these, I'm trying to think of what else I had. There was, yes, there was the the blood clot and there was, the, the depression for sure mm-hmm. that I, and I never thought I was always the strong independent one. I didn't think that I would be the one going through a depression, but you know, there's only so much someone can take. Right. So there was that I had bursitis in my left shoulder. Um, I mean the, the list of things just seemed to be insurmountable. And, you know, I remember even when I was with my ex husband, the doctor had said to me, listen, if you ever want to have children, you need to start trying now because there's a very good chance. It's just not going to happen for you. And I said, I'm probably going to be leaving my abusive husband. There's no way that I want to have a child with him. And he really wanted to have a child. And thank goodness Mm -hmm. that was not, we were not able to have children. Um, So, I mean, all of those things were going on. And I just kind of felt like this is just the way it's going to be. Well, when I left and I started to rediscover myself, I actually became, um, I'm Reiki 2, attuned. So I actually started rediscovering my spiritual path and my healing path. I'm also an empath, which I'd kind of put that to the side. Um, I had all these abilities that I'd kind of put away because I was ignoring them. You know, sometimes it's easier to ignore your gut. And I'm always a big fan of if your gut says something, listen to it. Because I I was like, I I knew all the answers. I just didn't want to actually hear it from myself. Um, but so, you know, I, I reconnected with myself and, um, I'm a vegetarian, but I lean a little bit more towards the vegan side. Um, my best friend is a healer and she's a big pusher of green smoothies. So I started doing my green smoothies every day and, and I am 40 years old. So all of this started when I was about 34, so six years ago and at 30 at 40, I have no thyroid issues. I had zero problems getting pregnant. Wow. I have no bursitis in my shoulder. I haven't had a back issue in years. Wow. Um, and of course, no depression. And I mean, nothing. There's zero of what I had when I was going through all those stressful life events.
0: Yeah. So what were some of the like, aside from kind of getting to know yourself, what were some of the tools that you used to get into that space of self love and like working on yourself, um, beyond like nutrition and everything?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely, I've always been into exercise. That was always something that I've used to deal with my stress. Um, so instead of just doing regular weight training and cardio, I started really incorporating yoga I think, you know, I am always, for my clients, for anyone who says they're stressed out, yoga is the one that I always say, hey, do that. That mind-body connection is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Meditation is another one. So, you know, really spending, even if it's just five minutes, taking a few minutes to start meditating and, you know, reconnecting to your higher self. Um, You know, another big thing was just really following following what your heart is and your gut is, is bringing you towards. So if something feels right, I kind of just go in that direction. And Mm. now if it, if it feels wrong, I pull myself away. So where drama was kind of part of my regular life, I've now been able to set up boundaries and also walk away. Like, you know, I remember even something as simple as that uncomfortable conversation with someone at a party. And I would always be the one stuck with that for 30 minutes You know, like, I can't get out. I can't get away. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, you know, I don't let myself get sucked into that. So instead of being concerned all the time for what other people are thinking or feeling, not that I'm not concerned about that, but my priority is still to myself. Mm -hmm. So if I start to get that weird feeling in my in the pit of my stomach or I get, you know, uncomfortable or whatever that's that's coming up, I really have been listening to my gut. And I think that that is a huge thing that, and not just people in toxic relationships, but I feel like women in general were kind of taught, you need to be careful of other people and you need to put other people first and self-care is put to the side. And so, you know, I really think that, you know, following your gut boundaries and, and taking care of yourself has been such a a huge help yes. in you know in my own healing and li- like listening to my body. When your body says you're tired, take a nap. When your body needs vegetables, eat your vegetables. When your body is, is saying to you, "Hey, this conversation with so and so is really draining me," or you know, I, I'm when I leave hanging out with friends, for example, or even some family members, and if I feel drained, I I change the amount of time I spend with them, or if it's friends, I kind of rethink those relationships. I don't have time or energy in my life anymore to be drained. If it's not something that's giving me energy, I walk away from it.
0: Beautiful. That's so important. And I think for a lot of, a lot of people, we have a hard time maintaining those boundaries. So, um, is there any like tips that you give um, people stuck in those toxic relationships to start making those boundaries? Is there anything that you can kind of like share with our audience as to what they can do when they're still in it?
1: Well, definitely one of the things, you know, that I I really push for and and I have in my program is, is working on the boundaries. And for me, I didn't even really know what a boundary was until I was like 32 years old. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, I remember going to my therapist, and they were—they said something about boundaries, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> <What> is that? <laughs> <laughs> you mean you could say something, and people are supposed to listen to your right. feelings? And you know, whoa, that's weird. Um, so, so for for those of us who have not been comfortable with boundaries, we don't really know what they are. Uh, what I, I really recommend is. Sometimes the pendulum swings in the other direction where you're almost giving too many boundaries and that's okay mm-hmm. because we're learning. So as soon as something starts to feel uncomfortable, we say to the person that we're with that's, that's making that, un, that feeling of not having comfort and say to them exactly what we're feeling. Hey, I'm not feeling really comfortable right now, um, you know, or something to the fact of, hey, you know, the last time you said you were going to do something and you didn't follow through, you said you weren't going to do it again. But we here we are again, you're breaking plans at the last minute. And it really makes me feel bad that you're not putting our friendship as more as a more of a priority in the future. I would appreciate you to make this more this friendship more of a priority. And if you can't do that, then I don't know if we can still be friends, Mm. you know, and, and trying to really keep it as yourself, your feelings, how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. and what your expectation is. Yes. So that, that's a huge one. And then following through, because a lot of times we'll say that to people and they're like, oh, they never respect my boundaries. Well, if you give them clear directions on what your feelings are, what your boundaries, what your expectation is, and they don't follow through and you keep going back to them, mm-hmm. that's on you. Right. You, you right. know, you can't expect them to change if you keep allowing them to disrespect you. Right. So that's a big one. Um, Another thing I think is, and again, because of my upbringing, my parents growing up, my dad was in the military. My parents fought a lot. My mom had her own uh, mental health issues and things that were going on with her. So I was always the caretaker and the caregiver. Mm. And so for me, love was always this uncomfortable thing. It it caused me actually anxiety. Mm. And I thought that's just how it was. And being spoken to negatively negatively. Um, having arguments in the family and never talking about it and just moving on the next day because you loved someone was part of what I was used to. So like, I didn't know that being called names, um, was something that was a no go, right? You know, for you know, being called—I'll I'll say bitch because that's not as hard of one—but there's some words that the abusers like to use as the, some of the regular ones. You know, bitch is a favorite one. Slut is another one. You know, there's all these things to try to make you feel bad and to to kind of bring you down. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, those were harsh words, but I didn't realize how abusive they were. So if anyone is speaking to you in a way where they're calling you, they're cursing at you, they're they're speaking to you in negative, harsh ways. Get away from them. That, that is a huge, before there's even physical violence, there's, there's a lot of violent words that are used. Yeah. So that's another thing that I was not, I really was not aware of, of how toxic that was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you, um, when you bring up kind of like your childhood, there's a quote in your book that you, you wrote um, that was a Carol Cannon quote, and she yes. said that codependence is the pain in adulthood that comes from being wounded as a child. Yes. And I think that is just such a powerful quote. So can you kind of talk a little bit about codependency, like what is it, and how that pattern can often begin in early childhood or even generations before?
1: yes i mean my 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 parents both of them definitely codependent they learned that from their parents Mm -hmm. and codependency is really just putting everybody else's needs above your own as if you're not important yes and so you know a lot of times they used to believe that codependency was really just for active addicts or people you know family members of addicts where you know you have someone that you love that is addicted to a drug or alcohol And you're doing everything in your power to help them and they're not doing anything. You know, you're working harder on their problem than they are. Mm -hmm. They've now realized that it's a lot of the times it could be a variety of different things. It could be like if you lost a parent at a young age, if you had an issue with maybe your father not being, you know, in the picture or um, in my case, it was mental illness with mom Mm -hmm. and not really having a motherly figure. And so those are the kind of things where, I was always, in my family as the oldest, I was always the one that took care of everything. Mm-hmm. And for my two younger sisters, I was kind of the go-between with my parents and my, and my siblings. And I had to be an adult before I was ready. Right. And it's, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we have to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're just trying to survive. You're in survival mode. So, And it's what you're used to. Right. So you're a kid acting in adult ways when you don't have really the maturity level to act as an adult, but you have no choice. Right. So, you know, and, and that seems to be for a lot of people that I talk to. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm 40, but I still feel like a kid. You know, we're, st- we're oh, just yeah. older kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so if we don't figure out whatever those issues are from childhood, I mean, now I'm to the point. You know, my mom is still my mom and she can still be very difficult, but I also appreciate the lessons that I've gotten from her. And I know that she will never be the mom that I wish that I had, but the lessons have helped me be who I am now. Yes. So and that's and that's really a huge one, because we can we can be angry at our childhood. But there's a lot of inner child work that we could do. There's a lot of different techniques that we can use, you know, work working with a coach and a therapist and and really digging deep to what some of those feelings of shame and abandonment. Um, that we had as children and seeing how that carried into our adulthood and, and being able to let it go to forgiving the, the people that have wronged you actually does more help for you than it even does for them. You're you're not saying it's okay what they did, right? It's just, I'm forgiving you. I'm getting the lesson from it. And then I'm moving on from it.
0: Right. It's moving from victim to victor.
1: Exactly, so, yeah, exactly,
0: so you kind of talked about some of the personality traits of um, the victims of abuse. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of gather that it's like people pleasing. Um, what are some other personality traits that are like key for for those that find themselves in this pattern?
1: Well, you know, I think the biggest lesson that I've had is it can happen to anyone. Mm. And I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm a strong, independent woman. I've, you know, worked my way through college and I bought a house when I was 21 and I had all these things that were great abilities. And because I was always taking care of everybody else, I was strong and independent and no one I don't have to get help from anybody. Right. What in reality I did. Right. And when you when you're and again because I was I always had to be the caretaker for everyone so I never wanted anyone to know and subconsciously that I needed the help I didn't know how to ask for help you know I'll figure it out on my own it'll be fine right and so here I was helping everybody else and not helping myself Mm. so you know that that for the reality is that anyone can get sucked into it but when you're working on having high self esteem. Lack of self-esteem is one of the key parts that are missing from someone who allows themselves to stay in these unhealthy relationships. And sometimes you might've started off with better self-esteem and the person you're with has slowly degraded it mm. so that you, you know, and, and my ex would tell me, you know, people don't really like you. You're talking too much. You're always a center of attention. I can't stand when you do X, Y, Z. Mm. No, there's enough that someone you love tells you that starts to kind of, you know, push you down and make you feel smaller, um, and so it's it's very much it's very slowly over time. Um, so, I mean, it really I can't say there's any one particular thing, but lack of boundaries for sure, and self low self-esteem are the two biggest predictors. And then, of course, I think people that, from what I found with even my clients. If you're an empath, if you're naturally, you know, able to feel other people's feelings and really sense, you know, you're you you like being around other people. You can feel how they feel. And, you know, and it's that's a wonderful thing as a coach. It's a wonderful ability as as a mom, as a, you know, in your whatever kind of employment that you have. Maybe you're a massage therapist or you're a light worker of some kind or something. That's an amazing ability. You just don't want to have that abused as in a relationship, right. you know, like, you know, there's, and, and, what happens a lot of times is people, you know, narcissists, people that are controlling types of people that have their own mental health issues going on for themselves, they're automatically drawn to people like us. Right. So, you know, we're, we're helping, so all, we want to help them. They want us, they want us to help them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that becomes this very toxic Dance that goes on between the, you know, one person is giving everything and the other person is taking everything. Right.
0: And so that kind of brings me to my next question, which, um, you kind of talk about in your book, how, how it's so hard for people in that situation to leave. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain why that is like, why is it so hard?
1: Well, it's, it's hard for a few reasons, and one of the biggest things that I need everyone to or make sure that everyone understands is that one of the scariest times for someone is when they are leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, even just what happened in Denver recently, um, and you hear yeah. all these different cases of, you know, and again, we're not sure exactly what happened there, but there's definitely, there's something that's going to come up with abuse. And for those of you who haven't been following, there was a, a mom and her two daughters, she was pregnant, was killed by her husband. Um, And then there's talk about, you know, that he was having an affair and and everything else. But the most difficult time is when you're leaving because they're losing their control. Right. So and they want their control back. So that's something you have to be really careful of. So for me, I had my safe place. I had I was able to go to a friend. I had all my stuff packed in my bag so that I could go with, with having some money put to the side and everything else. So that was all. So make Mm -hmm. sure that that is set up. And and if you're not sure what to do, call your local domestic violence shelter and they will give you kind of a list of all the things that you should be prepared for. Um, So that's a huge one. But we stay in it. For me, I grew up going to church every Sunday. You know, that was what we did as a family. And for me being married, I had made a promise that I would be with my husband forever. Right. So there was this piece of me that was concerned about breaking that promise of getting a divorce, you know, oh, I don't. And, and then also it being my age, I felt like, Oh, I'm 32. Oh, I'm 33. And I ended up getting a divorce at 34 after saying to myself, wait, I've been saying the same thing every year for the past five years. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting older, right. you know? So there's, there's that. Where A lot of people that are really, you know, concerned about breaking that promise of the, marriage itself. But I can tell you that God would not want you to
0: be
1: in a relationship where someone is hurting you. So that that gives you, you're fully allowed to leave. That is a completely a okay time to go. And then I think the other thing is, you know, being afraid of being alone. Yeah. Oh, I don't alone to me was one of the scariest things you could say. Well, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to die alone. I'm going to live alone. It was, there was something really scary about being alone. And when you do the right work, I was really, when I met my, my now husband, I could have stayed being alone. You know, there was, you really had to be a pretty amazing person to even have the possibility of being with me because of the fact that I, I loved the The freedom. I had never had freedom before. Mm -hmm. So to just be able to come and go as I pleased and and see who I wanted to, go where I wanted to, and really have that type of freedom, I was only going to allow someone that was going to help, you know, increase my frequency and, and help me to feel better. And not be around someone who's going to take me down and weigh me down again. So that that fear of being alone and the age for women. And, you know, again, I'm now pregnant with my second child. And we had our first child when I was 38. Mm-hmm. So any th- that biological clock, if I need to be, you know, for me it was I want to be having a family before I'm 35. I need to have all these things done. That was helping me to stay trapped. Right. So sometimes we kind of just have to let go and say, you know what, this was a mistake. It's okay to make mistakes. We're human. We've all made mistakes. But I don't need to keep making the mistake. I can leave. I can feel that pain because that's another part of it, too, is that people are afraid of that discomfort and sadness that comes along with mourning the loss of the relationship and the future and all these possibilities that you thought were going to happen. You need to mourn that. And it's going going to hurt. It's not going to be easy. But when you get to the other side, you don't have to keep living that way because if not, you're going to be, and that was one of the things that I thought of when I was married to my ex-husband, I'm going to be 80. If everything goes right, at some point, I'll look back on my life, on my deathbed, or when I'm older and you know, can't do as much anymore, and I will say, this is my life. Yeah. This was my life. And is this the way I wanted to live it? And if I, you know, if there's if there's no reincarnation, and this was the one, what I could I say I was happy? And I said, you know, no, I I can't. So I need to let go of all these expectations that I had, let them go, and see what is in store for me. So the pain and the discomfort was for a period of time. And it was hard. Yeah. I mean, even there was even times where my ex-husband said, I'm going to call where you work and, and, you know, tell them things to try to get you fired. You know, and there, so there were, I mean, there were so many things he had threatened at one point to hurt my pets. Oh, and, you know, so oh. there's all these things that they use to, to try to manipulate. And I really had to get to a point to say, fine, call, you know, Whatever. I love my animals, but I love myself. You, yeah. you can call my job and if they're going to fire me and believe you, fine. I don't care anymore right. because I can't do this anymore. And once you get through that pain and you really reconnect with yourself and rediscover who you are, bam, you're on the other side and there's a whole better life out there for you.
0: Beautiful. Now, did you find that when you kind of transformed yourself, that the people around you, like the relationships that you had were kind of shifting? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, it changed my relationship. Um, I got much better with boundaries with my, with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed the relationship. I actually had to set up some boundaries with my sisters that I didn't even realize that I had to, but I, I did. Mm-hmm. And, and friends, there were friends that I lost. There were friends that when I was in a depression really went out of their way to come and help me and be there for me. There were other ones that just fell off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, I had I had one friend and this was kind of my first learning about boundaries I had one friend that was my very good friend of mine. We did everything together. She watched me go through the process with my ex-husband. I had been dating someone, but I, I really, I liked him, but I wasn't sure if I liked him. And, you know, I kind of, but I was just having a good time. I was just, you know, just happy to have freedom. And we would go, we would go into the city and have just a great time. And uh, I found out that she was sleeping with him. Oh, <laughs> fun and and yeah Uh, and it was one of those things where I think I really, there was a piece of me that wanted to forgive her because she was a good friend. And she was like, well, you don't really know if you like him that much. And I really like him. And, and I I was trying to be understanding because that's how I had always been. And I had that gut feeling of this is wrong. And I don't think I can move past this. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, listen, and she, you know, several times, "Oh, you know, we're not going to continue a relationship, but then I would find out she was lying. She was actually still sneaking a relationship. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to end this. Yeah. And as soon as pretty quickly after that, within about a month of me finding out, I said to her, I'm sorry, I can't be friends with you anymore. I love you. I wish you well. I don't even have really as much anger as much as I am hurt by what you did. But I'm going to have to let you go. And it was the first time really just kind of standing my ground and saying, I deserve more than what you're giving me.
0: Right. Right. Gosh, I love your work. I feel like it's all just about like learning how to be authentic, you know, like yes. learning how to just be in touch with what you're feeling right now and just acting in a way that's appropriate to that. So I think it's mm-hmm. really beautiful and it totally fits in with what this podcast is all about. And so, um, so we're going to kind of wrap things up just for time's sake. I can't mm-hmm. thank you enough for being here. Is there anything else that you wanted to add um, for our, well, it's, if-
1: If anyone's looking for extra help, you know, do not – don't think you're alone. There are so many other people going through what you're going through. And you really have to reach out. You've already been down that road. You know what it's like dealing with it on on your own. Reach out and get the right support system. And I would love to be able to be a part of your support system. I actually run two private groups on Facebook. One of them is called Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. The other one is called Codependency and Healing Support Group. Um, I give a lot of information um, and I give a lot of videos I uh, just, just at a free webinar. I also do online coaching one-on-one and in groups. So if you're looking for that real support network and, and that person to go to that's been there, done that, and has been on the other side, I would love to be able to help you through that. So just don't, don't feel like you need to have this burden just on your own shoulders. You need to get the right help in order to move past this because you don't want to do that again. Right. You want to get to the next level. Right.
0: And then your book is on Amazon. Is it um, like yeah. Kindle and hard
1: yep. copy? Yep. Yep. It's, yep, it's on Kindle and you can get it. Um, or, or I guess it's a soft cover. So you can get the soft cover or you can get it on Kindle either way. And it's available anywhere in the world as long as if you get Kindle, it's available anywhere. I had someone uh, wanted to get it in in Australia I know the soft cover's is not available in Australia that you, can, you have gotcha. to get the Kindle, but it's available for you. Okay. And then your website is www.beinglovedshouldn'thurt.com. Okay.
0: And then are you also, so you mentioned your Facebook groups. Do you have a Facebook mm-hmm. page or an Instagram
1: Uh, Yeah, my Facebook page is, is again, Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt, and Instagram is also Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. I figured I'd make it nice and easy for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I can't thank you
0: enough for being on the show today. It was really such a pleasure chatting with you, and yeah, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. All right, Stephanie. Well, take care. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I've got all the links to all of Stephanie's info in the show notes, Um, but basically Google Being Love Shouldn't Hurt, and you'll find her all over um, social media as well as beingloveshouldnthurt.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye.